Welcome to the Cap City Outfitters Podcast. This is episode 148. Once again, you've got Chris and Brian. And this time around, we're going to go through some range courtesies, um, the four firearm safety rules, etc. Um, it's been a little while since we've done this. Um, we've had some newer shooters in the store um, that we've had to work with on this. And we've seen a bunch of long-time guys that grew up around guns um, royally F this up. So <laughs> we're going to seem about time to go through it again. Uh, so starting out, uh, we tend to like the, to use the term know the condition of your weapon system. Yeah. Um, but the real easy way to, to work on that is to assume that all guns are always loaded yeah. until they have been verified and proven otherwise. Uh, yeah, I'll let Chris dive into this. Absolutely. And, you know, and guys, we talk about, you know, the we, we treat it because there's a real-world perspective for where we're coming from, from a concealed carry perspective. Um, you know, you're always going to treat your gun like it's loaded. So you want to step into a safe space. Man, I hate how that term's been jacked up. Um, you want to step into a safe space to do dry fire practice. Well, if, you, if you're going to go with the mentality that your gun's always loaded, um, you can't ever do dry fire practice. So if you've taken the time to clear your weapon, triple check it, walk into a different room, triple check it again, and then do dry fire, you're not doing anything wrong. Um, so treating all guns like they're always loaded, that's treating that gun like it was loaded and confirming that it's not. Once it's not, you're good to go. Um, you're going to see some things when you go to shooting ranges. If you go to a public indoor shooting range, um, they're likely going to ask you to uncase your gun on the line um, and recase your gun on the line. Uh, in theory, you're going to take a, an unloaded weapon to the line, pull it out, load it, fire. Uh, once, the, once you're done shooting with that weapon, you're going to clear that weapon, un unload it, clear it, put it back in the case so it's safe and sound and ready to go home. Uh, so you can come on and off the range with it. That's a standard courtesy. Uh, we would also ask that same thing in the gun store, too. Um, I, n knock on wood, uh, but it's been a while since we had somebody say, but my gun's unloaded, and then rack around out of the chamber or drop a loaded mag out of the gun, uh, thereby proving themselves an idiot and incorrect all at the same time. Um, so an, an unloaded gun means it has no bullets in it, um, not in the magazine, not in the chamber, whatever. Um, and, and in general, yeah, I'm looking at you, Skippy. Um, if you're the doofus who considers a loaded magazine and a gun unloaded, then I don't trust you to know the condition of your weapon or remember whether or not when you were masturbating with your gun the last time if you put a round in the chamber or not. Um, so, you know, so in general, uh, no, no bullets in the gun meet us unloaded. Uh, again, most indoor ranges, most range facilities ask you to case the gun until you're on the line and then recase it before you walk off the line. Uh, if you're at a shooting range or at a facility where you're using a bench and you don't have the room for the clutter on the bench, um, empty chamber indicators, uh, chamber flags, whatever you want to call them, ECIs, chamber flag, etc., are generally uh, commonly used on most shooting ranges in most situations for guns that are either not in use or unattended. Um, maybe you're doing a three-gun match and you're coming off the line, you're going to put an ECI in your gun once you've confirmed empty with the range officer. Um, you're going to put an ECI or chamber flag in your gun and then go put it in the rag, rack with the chamber flag in it. Everybody can see from a, you know, a glance that gun's unloaded. That's where the courtesy part of this comes in. Um, we, we all know, in general, what we should do. We have, you know, most of us can recite from rote not to point guns at people and to treat guns like they're always loaded. But there's stuff you do where the person next to you or the person around you doesn't know if you know what the heck you're doing or not. And so that's why we're calling this courtesy rather than safety, um, is doing the things you're supposed to be doing. So we'll continue to review those. Uh, coming and going, um, you know, I mentioned that. Uh, if you're coming to a gun store, you're coming to the shooting range, 
I, I get that not everybody has a case for every gun they own, and that's totally cool. Uh, but doing things like taking the empty mag, uh, and for sure the loaded mag, but the empty mag out of the gun tube, locking the chamber open. If you don't have a chamber flag, um, they're, they're super easy to get. Amazon, any shooting range in the world will generally give you one or sell you one for 50 cents or something yeah, like that. You probably 3D print one if you got a yeah, 3D printer. Exactly. Um, and, and most guns come with them. Most guns have some type of chamber indicator in because for liability reasons, most guns ship with them. So use the one that came with it. Um, last case could be literally something, you know, it, it could be dropping a rope. If it's a pistol, something like that, cutting a 12-inch hank of rope and putting a big knot in one end and dropping it through the muzzle, you know, through the chamber of the gun and out the muzzle and just letting it be obvious that there's something that's going to keep you from loading stuff. Um, but, you know, that's, you know, again, back to the courtesy of making sure everybody else knows that you know what you're doing so they don't have to feel like they have to have eyes in the back of their head when they're around you. Yeah, part of this too is you're trying to, to make this apparent from 20 to 30 to 50 yards away. Yeah. Uh, so across the parking lot, across the range. Yeah. Um, yes. The, Keep the guys that are old enough to have a heart attack uh, from having a heart attack. Amen. I think you've got a loaded gun when you're not supposed to. Well, and, and a lot of that too, if you're, you know, a lot of outdoor ranges, if you got to go downrange to change targets and stuff like that, um, I don't want to go downrange if some yahoos theoretically confirmed their guns unloaded, um, but I don't know that and the bolt's closed. I don't want to be downrange from that weapon because I don't know the condition of that weapon. If there's an ECI in it, it's pretty safe. If there's a chamber flag in it, it's pretty safe. And that's, in general, why they're so commonly used. Um, they're, they're, they're legitimately universal. Um, there are certain places yeah. where maybe you're not going to use them if you're running a hot range for training and stuff like that. Okay, that's cool, as long as that fits within the rules or the parameters of what you're doing or allowed to do at that facility. Uh, generally, that's a supervised conversation, so yeah. be aware of that. Um, enough beating on that? Sure. Rule number two, uh, never let the muzzle of your weapon cover anything you are not willing to destroy. Uh, pretend there's a laser beam coming out of the end of your gun. Or, a, or your gun's a howitzer able to launch artillery. Yes. Uh, don't point it at anything um, that you don't want to put a hole in. Um, so, again, we're back to maybe your dry fire practice is, uh, you know, watching Die Hard in your underwear, um, you know, and you want to make sure you get that, that melon shot on Hans Gruber before he kills the president of the company because he didn't deserve that, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you want to make sure your gun's unloaded before you shoot that new 70-inch TV your wife got you for Christmas, because uh, I guarantee you she'll be pissed. Don't do not do it. So, um, so never let the muzzle cover, right? Um, there's some other things to talk about around this, too. Where your muzzle's pointed, we think about that with the case of, like, unloaded guns. Well, wait a minute. All guns are loaded. Treat all guns as if they're always loaded. So when you're in the gun store and you're handling a gun, do your best not to muzzle people. Um, the guys behind the counter kind of become a little bit numb to having guns pointed at you. Uh, it's part of the game. That's why you won't catch me handing somebody a gun without double-checking it. And generally, if that gun's out, you also won't catch me not keeping at least one eyeball on it to make sure you're not doing anything stupid with it. Um, like seeing if your loaded mag out of your pocket fits that gun. Um, yes, that's actually happened. Um, don't you know? So it's just that, that common courtesy of not pointing guns at people. Um, if you're picking up a rifle in a gun store and you want to look through the, you know, the sights on it and make sure it feels good when you shoulder it, make sure test the fit and finish and make sure the sights is in the right place and whatnot. Try not to point it at the freaking door to the store when somebody's walking in, some lady's walking in with her two kids and here you are holding your mega blaster 4,000 to see if the sights line up right for you. Um, don't, don't be that guy. Um, it, it, what, 
don't point the gun at crap you don't want to put a hole in. It's literally that simple. Um, some other things, holstering the gun. Uh, see a lot of folks like do stuff where like most holsters have some kind of sweat guard or something like that. And I watch people take the muzzle of the gun and push it into the sweat guard to kind of line things up. Um, the sweat guard's up against you. It's it's like up against your body. So you're made out of Kydex. And it's not going to stop a bullet. And you're pointing a gun at you when you do it. Uh, we talk about appendix uh, carry. And, and I will say that's a legitimate concern for holstering the gun. If you carry appendix and you're right-handed, generally your holster is just off a center line um, to the right of your center line of your body. And so when you reholster, take your right leg, drop it back, um, push your groin out forward, and don't shoot yourself in your junk when you reholster. Keep your finger off the trigger, make sure everything's clear. Slings, same thing. Um, hot range or not, loaded weapon or not with slings, I don't want to point it at people. Uh, if you were a 60 gunner in the NOM um, and you were used to having that gun leveled out uh, and a sling carried so that the muzzle was horizontal and parallel to the ground, because by God, when Charlie jumped out of the bushes, you wanted to be ready. Um, that's, that's all great in the NOM, but we're, we're not in the NOM. We're stateside here. Uh, patrol carry with the muzzle flat parallel to the ground is a no-no. Set your sling up so your gun's pointed down away from your toes and away from everybody else's. And then be aware if you're standing close to other people to offset your muzzle from where it's supposed to be. Um, even when you're slung up, you're never just like, oh, it's like a holster for your gun. You've got your sling. If you're slung up and you're not touching it, it's safe. Is it? Is your gun on safe? Is your gun completely unloaded and confirmed unloaded? Um, can, it, can your trigger catch on your gear? Can your safety catch on your gear? Uh, even if it's slung, know where you're pointing it. Um, don't be the jack wagon who throws that gun in this massive, huge arc to get it behind you and out of the way when you transition. The point of transitioning is to get to a secondary weapon rapidly and doing some shit you saw on YouTube because it looks cool is not, is not efficient nor fast and it's unsafe and stupid. Stop doing it. Um, you simply can, if you have your gear set up right, you can generally simply let go of your rifle. It will fall and default to the proper safe position as long as it is on safe and or empty. And with some guns, like an AR, you say, well, I can't put it on safe if it's empty. Okay, cool. That's fine. But it should be locked back and empty. And it should and be obvious to everyone. cocked and you put it on safe. Yeah, bingo. And if it's locked back, you can do that. And if for some reason or another it didn't stay forward and you can't put it on, if you tried to put your safety on and you can't get it to go on, okay, cool. That's fine. Um, make that attempt, but be sure of it. Um, the last thing I want to talk about is something that's, that's, that's been a concern for us personally. Um, we, the, I, the, I'd never heard this term until about a year ago, uh, but the term sky loading. Uh, most shooting ranges, whether they be competition events, uh, whether they just be private shooting ranges, public shooting ranges, etc., uh, will say something in the rules about pointing the gun at the backstop at all times when you're handling the weapon, when you're loading, unloading, and shooting the gun, obviously. Uh, but loading and unloading the gun, a lot of the defensive firearms community wants you to bring the muzzle of the gun up to eye level. You're looking over the muzzle of the gun as you load it. It gives you better visual access to the uh, to the mag well of either the rifle or the handgun. It also allows you to maintain some situational, situational awareness. Um, the more threat, efficient path more efficient. Of the magazine into the mag Absolutely. Yeah, all those different things. It lines up the mag well, you know, kind of with where your, your left hand or your, you know, your loading hand's going, etc., um, all these different things, you know, that you've been taught in defensive firearms classes, unfortunately, probably need to bend to the whim and safety of the flat range. And this is one of those places where you're going to give that up a little bit. Um, most of the sky loading rules 
are more about where is the bolt or the slide, where's the muzzle of the gun when the bolt or the slide go home. Um, and, and so, you know, maybe you're inserting the mag into the mag well with the muzzle elevated. Maybe you're not, depending on the specific range rules. Learn those rules for that facility, but do not drop the slide or let the bolt go home until you're pointing at the backstop if that's the rule for that facility, whether it be your Mark 1 Mod 0 indoor range or your local club that you're a member of. Make sure the gun's pointed where it's supposed to be before that bolt goes home, before that slide goes home. Um, a lot of folks will say, well, that's not tactically sound. That's absolutely true. Um, neither is not looking behind you with your gun after you've been in an actual shooting and seeing what's going on around you. Um, that's not tactically sound to not do that either. So you're not going to do that on those ranges because that's not safe either, and it'll get you kicked out too. So understand that the, the, the flat range, the 180 environment, is not going to be tactically perfect. Uh, there are going to be some rules you're going to have to play by, or you likely won't have some place to train because you'll get booted, or you'll be the knucklehead who sends a bullet the wrong direction and gets it shut down. Um, there are actually shooting ranges here in Ohio that you can go to where you can look from the firing from the backstop toward the firing line um, and see bullet holes going the wrong freaking way. Um, and I'm not picking on anybody or any facility because it's probably not their members doing Yahoo stupid stuff like that. It's probably some butthole who was trespassing on the facility to begin with. But understand that you know not everybody knows these rules. And again, we're back to courtesy and why we're asking you to consider doing these things or at least make sure you understand the rules of that facility before you start doing things around it yep yep anything else to add to the muzzle um yeah knowing you know once we get that the muzzle angled you know on a nine mil handgun uh we can launch that bullet probably close to a mile on a, a nine maybe further. further yeah yeah uh you know with an ar if you get the right angle and the right wind uh a couple miles three, down range three, three four, four five. five yeah three four five maybe you know um we get into something you know, call it like an AR-10 and 6.5, um, yeah. you know, 7, 8, 9 miles. Yep. Um, you know, the the artillery conversation um, becomes really important. Yep. And when we get out to those ranges, um, where that bullet actually lands is anybody's guess. Yep. Uh, so it does become really important. Uh, the other part of this is, you know, you may think your gun's in perfect working condition, uh, but all it takes is a crack firing <clears> pin. Yep. Or, you know, on a Glock, something getting into the safety plunger. Yep. Um, so it is, you know, it's stuff that we can't necessarily see and it's internal parts. We're not able to check every single time. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah, it may be that the gun is literally broken. Um, I remember, you know, my dad telling a story about a CPD officer who with a brand new, a relatively new 45 or six was at the range, loaded the gun, let the slide go home. Um, and the gun fired and, and the, the sergeant at the time was, was just like up this guy's rear end about where, where would you, why was your finger on the trigger? Blah, 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 blah. And one of the gentlemen who was one of the gunsmiths slash ordnance guys who a little bit cooler head. Um, so, well, hang on a second, hang on a second and come up and, and took the weapon from the guy. Uh, they, you know, they basically took it safely. They downloaded the magazine, put a round in it, let the slide go home and it fired again. And there was something defective with the weapon. It does, it does happen at times. And it was a, a good new gun in good condition. So it wasn't like it was some old beater that maybe, hey, you should have walked up to the backstop, tried loading it once first. It's a gun you've used recently and not had problems with. So, you know, understanding that, you know, anything made by man can fail, including safeties and guns. So, you know, understand that. And that's the biggest reason for this. Um, and, and when, you know, you hear about like the lottery ticket mentality of, you know, uh, you know, the, the Iraqis shoot guns in the air all the time. Yeah. And there's a couple of people a year killed from that type of gunfire. And here in Ohio, uh, unfortunately, we had a child killed by a hunter who 
rather than unload his muzzle loader into the ground, thought it'd be cool to unload it into the air, and it hit a kid yeah. two miles away and, and killed him. So, uh, you know, that bullet's going to come down somewhere, and it's going to come down somewhere with significant ballistic effect. Um, and and that, if it's not the backstop, you, you are negligent. It's your fault. You're liable. And, and you should be because you're stupid. So, um, yeah. So, uh, beat that horse. Yep. Cool. Um, trigger finger. Um, it's all kind of nasty things we can say about trigger fingers. They're good for a couple things. Pulling triggers, picking your nose, whatever. Um, you can pick your nose, pick your friend's, pick your, pick your friend's nose. Well, some friends anyway. Depends on how drunk they are too. Um, keep your finger off the trigger until your sights are on the target and you've made the decision to fire. It's literally that simple. Those, those things all matter in that order. Keep your finger off the trigger until your sights are on the target and you've made the decision to shoot. Um, somebody's going to go, well, what about shooting from the hip? What about retention shooting? Well, if your gun's lined up properly, then your sights are on the target, whether you're looking through them or not. Keep your finger off the trigger until your sights are on the target and you've made the decision to shoot. If you're not sure if you want to shoot yet, probably don't want to be pointing at whatever it is, and your finger shouldn't be on the trigger. So, understanding that. Um, when your sights come off the target, um, take your finger off the trigger. Now, if you're transitioning from target to target to target on the range, and I get it, and you're shooting for speed, I don't know. Yeah, there's probably some competition rules around that yeah. that I'm not oh, aware of. Are still on the sights? You're still on the sights, so. and, you, and you've made the decision to shoot the next target, and yeah. you're aware of your target's foreground, background, surroundings, ballistic effect. Um, you know, that's that's going to be your thing. Um, you know, behave safely in that regard. But if you're, you know, again, if your sights aren't on the target and you're not ready to shoot, take your finger off the trigger. It really doesn't eat much time. Um, the whole... Well, you're clearing a house looking for, you know, the hun and the bad guy and uh, you're in the nom and whatever else. You keep your finger on the trigger and your safety off. Um, not around me and not at pretty much any shooting facility that, that has other human beings on it besides your ignorant self. Um, or with legit up-to-date um, teams. Yeah, yeah. And, and even, even, even this my safety sergeant um, is, is still right on the edge of stupid. Um, Actually, and that's the far edge of stupid, not the near edge. Yeah, those guys don't actually do that. No, at all. No, actually, they go to ridiculous lengths to safe weapons in between different things where probably a lot of folks don't. Um, so in general, and yeah. still do it faster than and, everybody else. And still do it faster than everybody else. Exactly. So uh, you know, keep keep your keep your booger hook off the bank switch and all other little cliche things you can think of um, until sights are on target and you're ready to ready to shoot the gun. It's pretty much that simple. Uh, see it a lot, and it's almost always, uh, I growed up shooting guns, um, as they pick up the gun and put their finger on the trigger without checking its condition or anything else. Um, and pointed at their, their other and hand. And pointed at their other hand, which we've seen happen too, which is, that, that was really fun. Um, so yeah, uh, don't, don't do that. Uh, trigger finger, pretty simple, pretty simple. Keep it straight and yeah. indexed. Um, a lot of people say, well, you know, well, I keep it on the trigger guard. If you have, uh, you have duffy fingers. I honestly wouldn't have a problem with you indexing your finger on the trigger guard because it's long enough that you can't just slip back into the 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 inside the trigger guard without bringing your finger out and pushing it back in. I have little hobbit fingers, so I don't even know that I can reach the trigger guard. And if you're close, then under stress, you might still be able to slap that yeah. finger on the trigger with that grasp reflex. Um, if you keep on a lot of guns, there are takedown levers uh, and different G-Gaws and widgets on the side of the frame that you could put your finger on to index or on top of touching the slide. Um, we've seen a lot yeah, of folks actually, yeah, we've seen a lot of folks go clear to the ejection port to index where their finger should be. 
Um, and if you're worried about that slowing you down, you need to train more and suck less because it's really not going to slow you down that much in the scheme of things. Um, and you'll wish you'd slow down if you have an ND, especially into a buddy, a family member, or, or just a human being or something you didn't want to shoot to begin with. So like that 70 inch TV, like that 70 inch TV, um, or your, or your thigh as it yeah. were, you know, whatever the case may be. So, um, the last thing we're going to beat well, on. A, uh, one okay, one more thing with that. Yep. Uh, once our finger comes off of the trigger, if we got mechanical safeties, those get reapplied. Yes. Um, if we got a decocker lever yep. on a DASA pistol, um, we're running that as well. We're going yep. back to double action. Sorry, good good addition. Thank um, you. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. We, it is very important to ingrain those actions to where we don't have to think about them and they become completely subconscious. Yep. Um, habit. Habitual. Habit, habitual. Make it um, habitual. They're going to be able to happen under stress. they got to be able to happen in the dark. Yep. Um, yeah, there, there shouldn't be any any conscious thought to do in that stuff, it should just happen. Yep. Yes, 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 yes. Um, true statement there. Uh, anything else on trigger finger? Yeah, this doesn't, honestly, it doesn't slow you down. Nope. Uh, we were doing drills with hand yens uh, a couple months ago where it was, you know, literally, you know, from the beep, how fast can we get to, a, you know, a con uh, what was it, confirmation one sight picture, which is okay. basically just a, the gun is indexed at the target and there were several of us you know in the point threes yeah um so human reaction time to the beep is around point two um and we were getting a zone hits at seven yards um this isn't gonna slow you down nope nope and and again you'll be glad you did it because you're more likely to need to not shoot than you are to shoot yeah so yeah keep that in mind um last thing we'll talk about is uh be sure of your target and what's beyond it um, I, I want to throw into, I'm going to throw into, be sure of your target and what's all around it. Uh, target, your target's foreground, your target's background, um, what's surrounding your target. Under stress, under duress, there's a thing called tunnel vision. Um, and then there's also just generally being hard focused on things like the front sight of the gun too. Um, yeah, 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 I know, front sight focus, B class for life. Yeah, 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 that's cool, I got it. Uh, but there's a reality check where a lot of folks are trained for that hard front sight focus as a basic skill, learn how to shoot the gun, and they don't ever progress beyond that. Um, so you've got a threat, and you've trained enough that you can get hard front sight focus, and so you take your focus to the front sight to make that shot, and your buddy steps in front of you because you didn't know there was a axe-wielding butthole behind you chasing him around too, and so it's that, that target foreground and background and being aware of all those things. Um, you know, so one of the big things that we see most commonly in a range environment is cross range shooting. Most ranges say, Hey, you can't shoot out of your lane because it may put the target that you're shooting through may not have the correct backstop behind it may fall outside the range limits, um, may fall into a piece of property that you're not supposed to put bullet holes in and things of that nature. Um, the range limit is intended for if you're standing in front of the range. So you're on a square range, you're on the. Uh, firing line left rear corner looking at the backstop le left front corner if you cross the range the backstop changes to what you can actually shoot behind on that post it's where that post is aligned straight on the range straight down the range not across it uh, those things are there for the safety of the range from ricochet conditions and ricochet concerns as well as for what's how big is that backstop how much room do you have to the side of it etc yeah. you know follow those rules they exist for a reason uh, I'd love to say it's common sense, but that apparently is a freaking superpower at this point. Um, yeah. But, you know, be be aware of, you know, of what's behind that target. 
Um, there's actually a consideration, then um, I think this is a little bit brilliant, if not evil, uh, for one of our local ranges is talking about instead of putting cardboard on the front of the stakes, you want to put cardboard on the back of the stakes now because so many people suck so bad they can't not shoot the stakes on the target. Maybe if they can see them, um, they'll stop doing it. I don't think it'll make a difference because hydrogen and stupid are everywhere. Yeah. Uh, they're hard to get away from. But I do think that's a good idea because it makes it obvious to everyone else that you're shooting the stakes and they can say, hey, two by twos cost four bucks a pop right now, idiot. Stop doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, to bring this up to you on indoor ranges, if you're on the lane next to the walls yeah, and you have, say, like a big thing of circles, you know, you and your buddy, you've each got one on either side of the big piece of cardboard. Yeah. Um, if you're on the inside of your lane towards yeah. the middle of the range and you're shooting the circles on the outside of your piece of cardboard, um, check to make sure you're not going to put rounds on the wall. Yep. Um, definitely seen that happen from time to time. It's a thing. So it's a thing. Um, yeah. Try to. This is another one of those things that should be, it just needs to kind of become habitual. Yeah. Um, be able to do it without thinking about it. Yeah. Um, good practices, you know, as you're walking around in the real world, uh, look at an object and then figure out what's going on behind it yeah, or in front of it. Or just nearby to it. Um, yeah. You know, one of the things that was brought up in one of the classes I took years ago uh, was dead space. You know, how, how far, you know, in a real world environment, how far can someone be lateral off your target um, and you still take that shot? And, there, and this is not a range training thing because the risk doesn't meet the reward. Uh, but in the real world, uh, how far can somebody be from a target? You know, and you think about, well, gosh, well, that guy's five feet away. Well, what if that dude's A, doesn't know you're about to shoot somebody, B is uh, anaphylactically allergic to bees and a bee just landed on him and he's now diving like a madman to get away from the bee that's probably going to kill him and doesn't understand there's another bee going a lot faster that might kill him yeah. too. And, and if you're, you know, you got to be tuned into how fast can, you know, the human condition allow someone to move under fear response into your way. Um, you know, it, 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 it does happen. The good guys occasionally shoot other good guys on accident. Um, because somebody moved or was somebody somewhere they weren't supposed to be. Now translate that into a mass shooting situation where you've got people running everywhere. And, you know, if you got somebody who's fast and they're running laterally and you don't see them out of the corner of your eye and they run in front of you while you're trying to shoot the bad guy, um, you know, that, that would be a terribly tragic thing to have happen too. Some would say that's like a fog of war kind of thing. Um, this ain't war. You're at home. Um, so you will be held liable for that projectile uh, almost 100%. So... Target, foreground, background, its surroundings, its ballistic effect. Where's it going to go when it goes to the target? Um, is it going to ricochet and go forever? Is it going to ricochet off a wall and go forever? Is it going to go through the target? Uh, is it going to go, go exactly? You know, so what's around? Um, you know, we're we're fond of saying that you know every every projectile has a lawyer's name attached to it, um, and then along with that, we also kind of joke around that every miss hits a nun or an orphan. Uh, same thing with shoot throughs. Uh, you might get lucky and hit a pedophile, but not everybody's Kyle Rittenhouse. So. Yeah. Um, you know, anyhow. Oh, wait a minute. That wasn't a shoot through. Good job, kid. Okay, cool. Um, did we beat that horse enough? Yeah. Cool, cool. Guys, this is your, your range courtesy brief. Um, a lot of folks probably heading out to the range this weekend. A lot of folks to, to, and heading out to deer camp this weekend. Um, and then over the next few, you know, weeks and the holidays and stuff like that, as you got time, find your way to your local indoor range. Um, if you can't handle the cold. Um, and if you are just an idiot like us, uh, get out and shoot and have some fun, you know, yeah. train, train, practice, train, train, practice, um, train. Yeah. If you got kids that are getting Nerf guns, um, teach them young. Yep. Pick them. 
Yep. Make them apply these rules with their Nerf guns, and yep. when they grow up, they will know how to properly handle their weapons, um, and they will get props from us when they come to the gun store. Exactly. Yeah, when, when your kid picks up a cordless drill um, and isn't ready to screw things in yet and puts their finger high on the body of the drill and off the trigger, you know you've done good. Yeah, or when your 11-year-old comes in and can handle a gun better than just about every adult in the gun store. <laughs> uh, true, true enough. And you know who you are, kid. Keep it up. So You too, Dad, by the way. Good job. So Cool. Um, I think we've beaten that horse. Yeah. Uh, yeah, on that note, as we come across <laughs> interesting things, uh, we post them up to our Facebook uh, we're in the process of getting our new IG up, uh, searchers for on IG as Cap City Outfitters 2, um, uh, just Cap City Outfitters and the number two, um, that will be our new home. Yeah. Um, as long as we get to stick around there. Um, yeah. Also on our website, you can sign up for our email newsletter that comes out once a week, uh, or drop us an email to info at capcityoutfitters.com and we'll add you to the newsletter list, um, on the website, capcityoutfitters.com. You can find information such as how to do an FFL transfer or how to purchase a suppressor via our storefront over at silencershop.com. And then we're here um, at the store Tuesday through Saturday, 10 to 5. Um, we look forward to seeing you soon. We're in Hilliard, Ohio. We're at 4465 Cemetery Road. Uh, we're in front of the Aldi's. We're directly next to Louis Fusion Drill. And there's a wonderful coffee shop down at the end of the strip named Rev. Yep. Um, they do good stuff down there. So if you, you grab a cup of coffee, come down and see us, or come see us and then go get a cup of coffee. However you want to do it. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Appreciate it.